0: Well, thank you all for joining the Bird Nerd Book Club. I'm your host, Hannah, and today I have Julia Zorinkin joining me, um, whose memoir, Field Notes of an Unintentional Birder, debuted in 2020. So please, Julia, tell us about yourself.
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Um, let's see. My name is Julia Zarenkin. I live in Toronto, so I'm in Canada, and I'm a writer, I'm an editor and lately i have become a a real bird nerd as well <laughs> um so i i've been i've been writing for i guess the past 10 15 years almost as long as i've been birding actually no i started writing long before i started birding and you know i was i was working on a couple books and none of them were really working and i was sending them to agents and editors and they're like "eh, it's great but not not that great and then when i discovered birds what happened is um i feel like birds in a way gave me a new way of being in the world they gave me something new to write about they gave me a new way of seeing the world and so in a way it's kind of ironic but birds actually made me a writer as well um so yeah this book came out came out three years ago and um yeah it has Changed my life in all sorts of unexpected ways. Uh, and when I'm, you know, when I'm when I'm not writing, I also do a lot of lecturing to lifelong learners. Um, I got a Ph.D. years ago I, in my other life. I got a Ph.D. in in Russian and comparative literature. So I do a lot of lecturing about European culture, the avant-garde, Russian literature, Russian culture. Um, not exactly as popular a topic as it used to be a few years ago. But um, so I work a lot with with uh, lifelong learners and also with high school students as a writing coach.
0: Very cool. So um, tell us how you got into birding.
1: Um, Well, what happened was I was um, I was kind of between careers. I was I was going through a huge career transition and um, I was auditioning hobbies. So I was trying out all sorts of things that would exercise my patience and that would help me find kind of a sense of inner peace. And, you know, I tried pottery and bookmaking and yoga. And um, basically, I was looking for that sense of inner peace without ever having to get into downward dog position. And then I read this essay by Jonathan Franzen in The New Yorker called My Bird Problem. And it was about how birds sort of gave him a new lease on life in a way and birds made him less cynical about um you know the state of our planet and climate change etc and by the end of the article i'm like oh my god that is what i need i need a bird problem of my own so even though i had grown up completely indoors i mean my parents are uh, classical musicians, they're concert pianists, and so I really grew up going to the symphony and the opera and like libraries and museums. We didn't do outdoors as a family. Uh, you know, my mother always said we didn't emigrate from the Soviet Union to vacation in a tent. So the outdoors were just not. It wasn't part of my of my vernacular. It wasn't part of my vocabulary. Um, and then you know when I when I discovered when I discovered birds, that was kind of my gateway to the this whole other, uh, other, other life, um, and so that that's kind of how I found I found birds initially through Jonathan through reading Jonathan Franzen's essay. It made me curious about the outdoors, and so what I did was I googled uh, you know bird group Toronto total beginner and I found I found this bird this bird group and I actually chose them uh, because they they had the most pictures on their website uh, and the first time I went out birding with them I didn't even have binoculars I, I mean I was a complete blank slate um, and so you know I went out birding with them for the first time and I saw a red wing blackbird. And that was my spark bird, because, uh, you know, up until that point, I didn't really know birds existed. I knew that there were pigeons and maybe owls, but I had no idea what was out there. And when I caught sight of that red-winged blackbird, I was like, oh my god. What else have I been missing? And it was this real aha moment in my life. So that was that was kind of the beginning. Um, it, you know, I came to birds through through words, through you know through books, and then eventually through the red wing blackbird.
0: That's so funny. Um, I, I call red winged blackbirds, my spark birds too. Um, I was in college and, you know, taking the ornithology class because it was required. And we were out doing like a survey for, um, some other course of a wetland and a red winged blackbird flew past. And somebody said, Hey, what bird is that? And I just was like red winged blackbird. It was like the first bird I ever ID'd. And then they were like, you gotta be kidding me. That's not what it's called. (laughs) I was like, yes, yes, that is. I didn't make that up, even though, I, should, you know, it would have been what I would have called it had I made it up. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering now how many people that that is the case for that red wing of is their spark bird, because it's something that's so like um, cosmopolitan, you know, in the in the States, at least you can see them just about everywhere. And they're easy enough for people to to figure out what they are have to do a yeah. study on that <laughs>
1: You know, it's funny because when I saw that first red-winged blackbird, I was so entranced by it because, you know, I went out birding with these, with this, with this bird group and we had been looking at ducks for three hours and like all the, all the ducks look completely identical and they were like, oh my god, western grieve and I was like, whatever and, you know, had my binoculars pointed at the CN Tower and then suddenly I saw this red-winged blackbird and it was something I could instantly connect with, right, and I could see it and uh, I actually turned to my bird group and I I was like, is this a rare migrant from Peru? And, you know, they looked at me and they're like, oh, oh, my God, this this poor human. <laughs> who, who is she? What is what's going on? And they were like, no, it's one of the most common birds in Ontario in the spring. And that, yet that was really the moment where I was like, whoa, uh, there's this whole other world out there that I'd never really stopped to look at.
0: So uh, for those who haven't had the chance yet to read your book, would you tell us a little bit
1: about it? So this book is basically about uh, my own midlife love affair with, with birds and how I discovered birds and how looking at birds made me see the world and my relationships and myself um, in a totally different way and how how birds sort of opened up the world for me, how, how they helped me discover nature um, and also I think how birds made me a more empathetic person in a way, because um, birding is really all about learning to see uh, the detail and the nuance of things, right? I mean, very often, beginner, beginner birders will make the mistake of not really looking at what's in front of them, but seeing what they hope is in front of them instead of what's actually there. And I think that when you take the time to really observe the world and all of its beautiful detail, you do become a more empathetic person. So this book is also about uh, my relationships and you know my relationship with my husband and how we met and how, in a way, birding taught me to sort of be a better spouse. And it's also about myself as a migratory species. Um, My family comes from the former Soviet Union. I was born in the former Soviet Union. And as as I was writing this book, I kind of came to see myself and my own family's journey as a, you know, a a migratory, um, uh, kind of migratory journey um, as well. And yeah, so the the book is really about just, um, you know, kind of, rediscovering myself uh through the through the lens of birds and I also talk a little bit in the book about what happens to a person's life when things don't go as planned because I was you know very much sort of on this uh very fixed trajectory for most of my life like I got a PhD when I was 30, uh, things were going as planned. And then at a certain point that, that plan just kind of fell apart. And so this is about finding myself in, in the aftermath of all of that and how, how birds helped me
0: do it. So what inspired you to take, you know, all those experiences that you'd have in your life and then birds, and then write a book out of it?
1: Well, what happened was when I started birding, um, I, I kind of I was plunged into this world that was so foreign to me and so absolutely bizarre and strange and what happened is the way I process the world is always through words and so I started birding and this universe was just like so weird so I immediately started writing about it um I you know the first thing I did after after going out and seeing that red-winged blackbird is I started a blog and this blog was called birds and words and it was really about it was just really kind of humorous blog mostly about my uh my misidentifications and all the horrible faux pas i was making and you know um my first spring uh the first the first time i saw a kill deer later on i i referred to it as deer kill so you know it it had all these just like ridiculous mistakes i was making and then what happened was um one day this was um in the winter uh, in January during a snowstorm, there there was a very, was it a very thrush? Hold on, there was some bird, no, a spotted toey ended up in southern Ontario, about an hour away from Toronto, and spotted toeyes have absolutely no reason to be in southern Ontario whatsoever in the winter, and so we chased this bird, we got this bird, and suddenly I found myself looking at the spotted toey and wondering, what does this bird feel like right now? like it's displaced. It's out of its element. And I started relating to the bird in this, in this really kind of anthropomorphic way, this in this very non, non-scientific way. And I started, um, you know, I could kind of see myself in this bird. And I realized that I was developing a connection with birds that just it, that kind of went beyond misidentifications and the birds were actually telling me something about myself. And um, it, so I realized that my, my writing project about birds was a little bit deeper than what I was allowing myself to do on my blog. And so um, I started writing about them more, more seriously, started developing the essays a little bit more. And right around that time, um, you know what happened? The, the blog died. It was on the server and it just it disappeared. It went poof, the way sometimes things do on the internet. And I hadn't backed anything up. And at first, I was really, really upset. But then I realized it was kind of a blessing in disguise. And it was, I guess, the universe telling me, now write the book.
0: Oh, my gosh, that must have just been an awful couple days after noticing that that had just gone away. That's, that's (laughs) awful. (laughs) but inspired you to, to write this book. And, you know, I do appreciate that, um, you, you did write about like faux pas that you had made and mistakes and all that, because there's so many times that, um, you know, with birders, like, I feel like everybody is trying to be perfect and only wants to display like the positive and everything. And, you know, birding, you know, a lot of it's science and science is messy and you get things wrong and that's totally okay. And I think that's something that we need to, um, to show new birders that, like, hey, we all screwed up and we continue to screw up. And that's an important part of learning. Oh, I'm
1: so glad you mentioned that because that was one of the huge kind of takeaways for me. Uh, One of the big, one of the big lessons I learned about birding is that birding in a way is an apprenticeship in failure because you don't learn how to identify birds properly unless you misidentify them a million times. And it really, in in a sense, birding, birding is so humbling, like, you know, the minute I think, oh my God, I am so good at this. I got these ducks down. I mean, this happened to me this weekend. I was, I was desperate to see a ruddy duck and you know what, there was a ruddy duck right in front of me, a female and I misidentified it I called it a common golden eye. So in a way, birding is all about making mistakes and being comfortable with that, and learning from them, and just moving on, and I really feel like that helped me tremendously in my own life as well, and also in my own writing process. That you know, you don't get it right the first time, or the second time, or the third time. It takes it
0: takes a while. That was so, yeah. actually our first episode of our podcast. Hannah and Eric go birding. We um, were in Florida, and we miss. We had this awful misidentification of a, um, short-tailed hawk that we thought was a zone-tailed hawk. And I mean, we were trying to alert like, you know, the authorities because there had never been a zone-tailed hawk in Florida before. And then, um, after we figured out somebody pointed out, how did you, you know, how did you (laughs) you make sure it wasn't a short-tailed hawk? And we were like, oh no, we didn't because we weren't aware that there's a dark morph of it. Um, you know, we decided to do our first podcast episode about that because we wanted to show like, you know, you get things wrong and it happens and it's all a learning experience. So I'm totally with you on that.
1: So yeah, the book, um, the book does cover some of my egregious mistakes. (laughs) But you know, um, birders are also really, really tolerant of beginners who make who make mistakes and that was that was sort of a comfortable environment uh to be in but yeah I mean I do consider myself a lifelong beginner in a way (laughs)
0: so yeah I I'm with you there a lot of times I I agree I'm in the same situation that's like oh I think I have all the ducks down and then I go away for a week and it's like I don't know anything about any of these birds
1: (laughs) it is a process a lifelong process (laughs)
0: So when you are working on actually writing the book, what uh, did you learn when researching for it?
1: You know, the biggest surprise for me as as I was writing this book is that um, when so basically this this book was written. As I was becoming a birder, you know, I just, I kept writing and kept writing and kept rewriting and kept, kept finessing. And I think the biggest surprise for me is that, that I stuck with it. Honestly, when I first started birding, everybody said, oh, my God, wait until spring. Wait until you experience your first migration. And I thought, yeah, that'll be great. And then I'll experience it, you know, next year and then I'll be done with it. Right. Like I'll know all the birds, who cares? And the biggest surprise for me is that uh, that I that I stuck with it that birds were so fascinating to me that I wasn't just content to see them once or twice. No, I want to keep seeing them for the rest of my life. And then I really understood, I finally understood that maxim of, you know, the more you see, the more you want to see. And the more you see the birds, the more you want to get to know them. And now, you know, it's not just enough for me to see a black and white warbler, but like I, you know, I, I want like good close looks and, I, and now I want to know the behavior and I want to know who it's hanging out with. So um, I guess what I what I started learning and um, sort of kind of deeply appreciating is uh, just more of the science behind the birds and the behavior and why they are the way they are. Uh, when I first started birding, I wasn't interested in any of that. So I think that was the big surprise for me is that birding really um birding really kind of started to structure my life like my calendar is now recalibrated you know Christmas comes in May right um and every everything has just kind of has just kind of shifted a little bit
0: yeah that's that's an interesting point I really like that about uh about your calendar I feel like my calendar definitely relates when I'm gonna see the first puffin for the year you know that's April I think it was like April 4th was the first puffin coming back to to Cannon Beach so yeah and <laughs> spring migration you know it just is something that just changes your whole life without really even knowing that that was going to happen
1: yeah absolutely and then like July is just kind of the doldrums the saddest Um, <laughs> <month. laughs> uh,
0: so did you feel or did you receive any feedback that
1: surprised you the biggest surprise about this book is that um it was published during the pandemic and you know when the pen my book was supposed to come out in may 2020 and this was basically when all the bookstores were closed we didn't know what was happening my publisher delayed the publication until september um and i thought the book was just gonna die that it was gonna appear and disappear and nobody would ever talk about it. But lo and behold, during the pandemic, the only thing that wasn't canceled, of course, were birds. And suddenly there was this huge surge, I mean, like across the country, possibly across the world, just people, this surge of interest in, in birds and people are going outside more and just much more interested in nature. So suddenly, you know, my book was actually published at the perfect time. Um, So one of, uh, you know, that was the biggest thing that surprised me that I had so many readers. And that was also the thing that delighted me most in the world. Like this is my first published book and you know you wouldn't believe how many emails i've gotten from total strangers just people who find my uh email on my website and email me to you know just give me some feedback about my book and that has been like by far the most gratifying experience and the most touching experience and i've met so many people through this book and just established amazing amazing connections and it it really kind of has changed my life and it's opened so many doors for me that i never would have expected so well that's awesome it's, it's also made me feel even more part of the birding community and it's also made me want to kind of give back to the uh to the birding community as well um
0: so yeah you know on my um my women birders happy hour podcast i ask everyone um if they feel that they've found their place in the birding community and um you know a lot of people struggle with that question because you know they will be teachers or they'll just uh you know be a photographer or this or that but um it sounds like you feel that you might have found your place in the writing community with birding
1: definitely yeah i feel like i've found my place both in the writing community and in in the birding community uh as well through 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 writing this book you know it's funny when i first started birding um i was I went out birding for the first time because I was curious about the people who wore those multi-pocketed vests. Like I was really approaching it as an anthropologist, right? Like who is this, what is this bizarre breed of humans? And the last thing I could have predicted was that these would become my people and that I would... You know, that I would feel so comfortable making, you know, just like goofy bird puns, like, oh, that's very nice, you know, the puns, and then I would find this all hilarious and riveting and that this would, this would kind of become a second home for me. So that was, um, that would that was the big surprise. And I certainly wasn't expecting to kind of find my own writerly voice through through birds. That was that was another huge surprise. And a wonderful, a wonderful kind of um, uh, thing that uh, you know developed from from this book is I've started doing a lot of journalism about birds and about conservation issues and about access, you know, how to make nature more accessible. And so it's it is opening all sorts of um, like professional avenues for me as well.
0: That's great. So what uh, projects can we look forward to coming out of you soon?
1: um so let's see I just had a piece published in uh Ontario Nature magazine about the Kirtland's warbler uh there's a Kirtland's warbler recovery effort here in uh in, in Ontario and you know fingers crossed there were there were Kirtland's warblers that that appeared last year so we're really hoping for a female to show up this year who knows if there will actually be breeding so I wrote a piece about uh about that and um I've got a number of things in the work and I'm actually going to Alaska next month for the Kachemak Bay Shorebird Festival. So I'm excited to I'm excited to be there as well.
0: Well, very cool. And so if people want to follow up and um, see what else you're doing,
1: where can they do that? So I have a website. It's www.juliazarenkin.com. And um, all the information is on there. And if you want to get in touch with me, just click that button. And I do write back to emails. So...
0: Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for tuning into the Bird Nerd Book Club. And I appreciate you listening. So if you'd like to check me out on the socials, you can follow me at Hannah Goes Birding on Instagram. My Twitter is at HH, or you can email me at HannahAndErikGoBirding at gmail.com.